Welcome to another message from Bridge Assembly, located at 725 Granite Avenue in Helena, Montana. For more information on Bridge, go to our website at bridgehelena.com. It is our prayer that this message will help you to connect with God, connect with others, and connect others with God. If you're grateful for God's love, Tell him thank you. Tell him how much you love him back. Just take this time in your own ways, in your own words. Let's just as a congregation and individually just tell God how much you love him, how much you appreciate him, how thankful you are for him. Father, we are so thankful. Lord God, without your love, Lord God, without your love, there is no hope. Without your love, there is no, nothing to be excited about. There's nothing to be optimistic about because it all comes down to your love. So Lord, this morning with our hearts wide open, we cry out to you how much we love you. Jesus, we love you. We love you because you first loved us. And Lord God, you did the unthinkable to demonstrate your love. You rescued us from death and separation and hell itself. Eternal darkness. Lord God, by sending your son to us. Lord, that's how much you loved us. And Jesus, your display of love was stretching out your arms upon that cross and and allowing your blood to be shed for each one of us. How beautiful, Jesus, is your love and your display of love. So this morning, as as we bask in your love, Lord God, help bondages be broken this morning. Help walls to be torn down this morning. Lord God, help hard hearts become soft this morning. We're calling upon you and we know we can because you are love and love drives you to change us and to move us into a closer relationship with you where everything just falls off. Lord God, there's sorrows in here. There's separations in here. Lord God, people have passed away. They have gone before us. There's questions in here. There's people's lives in here that isn't, they're not turning out the way they, they expected. But Lord God, your love trumps all of those things. So Lord God, help us to not focus on the stuff. Help us to focus upon you, Jesus. Overwhelming love. Beautiful love. Sacrificial love. Jesus, be exalted. Lord God, help us just get excited. Help us to testify to that love. Help us to scream it from the rooftops, but also whisper it in the silent times. Lord, let your love go into the corners, to the high places, to the lows. Let your love illuminate the darkness in this community. 
Jesus, be glorified today in all that is said, in all that is done. Your love will never, never fall short. Help us stand within that love. We pray this in the mighty name of Jesus, our King and our Savior. And everyone shout it out. Amen. What an exciting day. What a perfect song for today. It's, uh, isn't there something? Tomorrow's Valentine's Day, right? Maybe it's tomorrow's Valentine's Day. I think it is. That's where the world says, hey, let's send cards and flowers. But really, it's Good Friday and Easter is the true display of love, isn't it? But we're still going to get excited. Um, that song goes just so amazingly perfect with the message for today. Um, I'm excited. In your lives right now, I'm talking right now. I'm not talking last month. I'm not talking last year. I'm not talking 10 years ago. I'm talking like right now. How many, how many of you guys feel God moving in your life? Right now. Like right now, there's this, this overwhelming. And I was talking to Charlie. It's like you get in the current of God and you just see him working in so many ways in so many places right now. And, and I feel like that's, that's the season we've shifted into. It's like God's like just there. And God just wants to counsel us and love on us and, and direct us. I would encourage you to jump in. Jump in full force. Jump in to that current of love. Listen to God. Position yourselves and intently listen to God. Watch him work in your life. Ask God the big questions right now. Just ask him. And then testify to what God is doing in your life. We need to hear it, man. People are coming up to me and they just got these great stories, man. They're telling me what God is doing in their lives. And, and uh, I need to hear it because I love hearing it. But there's so many people just within this congregation right now that needs to hear you testify to what God is doing in their lives. There's some people just hanging on. Inside this church, outside this church, they're hanging by a thin, thin thread. And by you testifying to what God is doing in your life and the love that he is displaying to you, man, that changes everything. Would you not agree? Yes. How many of you guys are ready to go out and testify? I don't mean scream it from the corners of the, the street, but maybe, maybe that is, but I'm talking about having these conversations. If you're if you're fearful of that or bashful to testify, you know what the easiest way to testify to God's greatness is? Get in a conversation with a stranger at the store. They don't know you. They don't know anything about you. You can start talking about God. And sometimes we freak out when it's kind of our friends or our coworkers. Oh, I could never say that to them. What might they think? It's the people at the store. You might probably never see them again. Who cares what they think? Talk about God to them. Do it. How cool would that be, huh? That would be so amazing. All right, I'm so excited. Um, I'm just excited. I'm telling you, we pray before service. Um, at 9.30, we kind of meet and we pray um, in the nursery. Everybody is invited that um, we started doing it and then sometimes it's like for my mornings it's like I got a lot to do I got to make sure this works and that works got to be ready so at first it was like oh that's one more thing to do but now man I got up this morning I came to church and they're like man we get to pray before service and some of the stuff that's being spoken in that time is just like man you just stole my message man you just spoke one of the songs 
They don't know what's going on, but it's this collective where one or two are gathered, right? The Lord is there too, and God is faithful. He answers our prayers. Monday, I'm just getting ahead on announcements. I'll just do this now. Monday, 1 to 3 and 7 to 9, this place is open for prayer. Things are changing because of prayer. You guys believe it? I believe it. Kids, your guys are dismissed. You guys just roll on out of here. It's going to be a good day. going to have fun. New kids, different kids, lots of kids. It's fun, isn't it? Hey, kids, you guys are free to be as... Wait, not yet, not yet, not yet. Because I see somebody leaving that can't leave yet. There's two birthdays today. And now she's beelining it. Debbie and Glenn both have birthdays today. So, holler at them, give them a hug. Um, I, I don't know ages or anything. I just know that they had a conversation. We do know that, that Glenn is older by one year, but it still counts because that's 365 days. But love on them and tell them happy birthday. There's somebody else in here, it seems like, that's going to have a birthday this Wednesday. Who's having a birthday Wednesday? Oh, that's right. Amy's having a birthday this Wednesday. And who else? Dave's a Valentine's Day boy. That's right. Oh, my gosh. What is going on? Why so many birthdays? That's, oh, Dale's was during the business meeting. We fast all day, and then she walks in with cherry pie. It was awesome. I got like nothing in my system and get hit by sugar. Man, it was the best business meeting meeting ever. Lots of birthdays. Just holler. Hey kids, be sure to sing to Miss Debbie downstairs. Nice and loud. We would love to hear it up here. All right. You guys are now dismissed. A couple other um, quick announcements we'll go through. We already got the prayer one done, but baby baskets. What are we at? How many? What? We got them all. All 30 are back. Um, we get to have so much fun tomorrow taking them down there and, and blessing them. I was going to have to be like, okay, whoever didn't bring them, you can bring them tomorrow morning. But we don't have to do that because we got 30 baskets that are going to options tomorrow. Somebody this morning said this was so fun. This kind of stuff is so much fun. How much fun did you guys have doing it? The great part is the note our church information, and then just blessing those people that will receive it. All right, we're awesome. Everybody, give yourself a... Oh. If you didn't get a basket this time, we'll be doing more stuff. Um, we had no idea how many baskets to plan for, and they were gone. Like before service was over, all 30 were gone. Next time, who knows what we'll do. All right, next week, officially, Dave, officially. This is a for sure, Dave. It's a for sure. It's on the 20th. Um, the business meeting is a week from today following service. There will be a potluck. So everybody bring a main dish and a dessert or a side to share. The more food, the better, right? That's kind of a good motto for a, a, any church, Pentecostal, Baptist, Methodist. The more food, the better. So next week, we'll, we'll do service. We'll eat together. And then we'll come up following we following eating, and we'll we'll run the business meeting. It's just going to be a great business meeting. But before we get to the business meeting, 
the message that God has laid upon my heart for this Sunday, it's a big one. It's an important one. Um, if you know, I, first of all, I expect everybody that's here today to be here next week because it's that good. But I would also encourage you guys, if you guys know anybody who is, is struggling right now in any way, shape, or form, if they just have questions, if it feels like they're just going day to day and it's like you're walking through five feet of snow, it's just labor intensive to get through the days and the weeks, get them here. It doesn't matter if they're Christians. It doesn't matter if they're backsliders. It doesn't matter if they're flat out atheists. It doesn't matter who, whatever. Get them here. Invite people to this message. That's how confident I am that God is going to speak something big to each one of us through this message. Be here, whatever it takes. Be here and try to pull as many people that you can. Have you been talking to people and it's like, yeah, I've mentioned church here and there and it's just, it's just we haven't really set it in stone or invite them to this service. That's what I'm going to say. So next Sunday service is, I'm most excited about that. Pretty excited about the potluck because I hope somebody has like tater tot casserole, right? You need any ideas? That's a great thing to bring to a potluck. And then of course the business meeting, um, We've never really had a bad business meeting, you know, no fist fights, no storming out, no arguing, nothing like that. So this this year's gonna be gonna be a really good one. Amen? Amen. And then I had a announcement handed to me that I need to read. It says, please remind women. Husbands are always reminding women. Please remind women, community of women luncheon is tomorrow at noon at Perkins. And the guest speaker will be none other than Gail Harms. Come support her. Eat some Perkins. Um, it'll be a good thing. Um, I assume you'll share some of your testimony, right? If you don't know Gail's testimony, women, go. It's, it's, it's good. So we're there. Three ways to give, right? Got the giving boxes. Got the mail. And we've got the online bridge, Helena.com, which is in the process of being worked on a little bit more. John actually got into it deep down and, and found just this little tiny component that may work for some people and make you're not crazy, Tamara. Thank God he's healed you. No, you might still be crazy. That's... So we got John put a help ticket into Simple Give. There will be... Um, They'll be getting back to us on that. There's a lot that's changing with the website, so please um, keep up on that. We're going to shift a lot of stuff to that. It's going to be going to be awesome. But if you can't give online, you can always give in the given box. And if you can't give in the given box, you can always mail it. And there's all sorts of ways to do it. Amen. Amen. Who's ready to get rolling? Couple people. We got a couple people that are ready to get rolling. Tamara's got man, she's got her pin, she's ready. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, once again, we relish your love, man. We just, your love is so overwhelming to us, but we love it. We love that it's overwhelming to us. So Lord God, I ask you just keep pouring it on. 
You just keep bringing it on. If we feel so consumed and filled up with your love, Lord God, shove a little bit more in there. Stretch us. Stretch us at the seams. Stretch us to the, to the brinks of explosion with your love. And Lord God, that is not a selfish desire, but we ask that so that we may glorify you and glorify you to those in a dark community, in a dark world. So Lord God, let your love transform us. Let your love equip us. Help us to have a proper understanding of your love today. Holy Spirit, allow me to speak those things that you desire me to speak. Shut my mouth with everything else. I don't want it. And Lord God, help each one of us be touched this morning. Touched in a way maybe that we've never quite been been touched before. Let no one leave here today the same way that they came in. We pray this in the mighty name of Jesus. And everyone said, Amen. Amen. Men. Well, we're on our series, First John, right? We just keep moving in First John. We just keep keep going just a little bit further. And, and when I study it and I get it, look at the verses that are coming up, it's like, boy, we can get a few verses in, but we're probably not going to get more than a few verses because it's so impactful. There is so much in the book of First John concentrated into these five chapters. And, and what an amazing place we have now come to in the book of First John. When I think about First John, this portion that we're about to enter into is, is probably what I remember the most. As we move into verse 7, it really marks the, the third major division of this letter. Um, if someone were to ask and said, okay, when John wrote this letter, did he on purpose make three different decisions? And did he think about it so much? And did he lay it out? And did he make an outline and then form it? Probably not. I believe that when John wrote this letter, it is definitely, like every book of the Bible, inspired by the Holy Spirit, right? So the Holy Spirit was communicating through John. Because of that, it becomes so orderly. And because of that, we can now come behind and say, oh, okay, this is the third major division of this letter. And it's a great transition because it has everything to do with, anybody got a guess? Love. It really does. A lot of times we can think of the book of 1 John as this, this book of love. When we break it down, we understand it's definitely a book of love, but there's a lot going on here. Now we know that John has talked about love already in this letter. He first introduced loving one's brother as a test of living in God's light in chapter 2, verses 9 through 11. Quick recap, it says this. Whoever says he is in the light and hates his brother is still in darkness. Ouch. The world needs to hear that. The church needs to hear that. Every single Christian needs to hear that. Whoever loves his brother abides in the light, and in him there is no cause for stumbling. A lot of us in here stumble because it's self-induced stumbling, right? But whoever hates his brother is in the darkness and walks in the darkness and does not know where he is going because the darkness has blinded his eyes. Of course! you're going to stumble if you live in the darkness. And of course you're going to live in the darkness if you don't recognize the love of God and then extend that love of God to one another. Using the gospel standard and the examples of Jesus, the 
The inability to allow yourself to love your brother and sister is truly what causes blindness. Now, John addresses in, in the command to love even more in, in chapter 3. You guys want to go back and look at that sometime. Chapter 3, verses 10 through 24. And it's really a test or an assessment of being born into righteousness now. Righteousness, that's, that's an incredibly important word, and we're going to get to that a little bit later. It's a very important evaluation as to where our heart is and where we are in our faith. So love is very much the standard that we are to measure ourselves with. Would anybody disagree with that? As a Christian, love is the standard that, that, that we are to measure ourselves with. Sometimes, though, we get messed up, don't we? Sometimes we think we should be measuring ourselves with other standards. Well, how many Sundays in the last year have I made it to church? That, 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 that should count for a lot, right? Right? How much have I given? Look at, look at my financial giving statement. That... That should, should correspond with my measure of how much of a Christian I am. How many times have I read the Bible? That, that's the standard right there. How many verses do I have memorized? Well, Paul addresses that in 1 Corinthians chapter 13. Clanging symbol that kind of thing. If I don't have love, I don't have anything. So love is very much the standard we are to measure ourselves with. And that makes sense to me. And I hope it makes sense to you. Because after all, we know that Jesus is the very nature of love. And that the righteousness of God cannot be separated from the love of God. Right? That's, that's so vitally important to understand that, that, yes, God is love, but God is also righteous. And we can never say, well, it's over here or over here. Those two things cannot be separated. So when we measure ourselves by the standard of love, we are essentially measuring ourselves with Christ and the righteousness of God. And that's important to understand because if we only love sidestepping Christ and overlooking God's righteousness, we are most likely loving by the world's standards. And those standards do not have the power or the ability to change lives. Only Christ can impart those things through his word and by the actions of the Holy Spirit. I hope this morning that you have experienced, then you feel love by God. Because that's what he's extending to each one of us. See, we must never confuse love with enabling or flattery or adulation. Because love is so much more than that. And that brings us to chapter 4. And starting in, in verse 7, we find love as a representation of the Father's own being and his loving activity reflected reflected in the love for our fellow believers how can i see love i see it between us the church right that's how we see love that's the that's the tangible aspect of god's love if it's foreign to you then you need to submerse yourself 
in the scriptures and the teachings, but also the application and get interacting with church people, right? These are your brothers and sisters. If you guys never interact with each other outside of Sunday morning, you are missing out. You're missing out on love. You're missing out on God's love. All right, so let's jump into this. Today, because of the, the portion of Scripture, I'm going to be using the amplified version of the Bible because, well, because it's so, so good. So in your Bibles... Turn with me to 1 John chapter 4. We're going to be in verse 7. Out of the Amplified, it says this, Beloved, let us unselfishly love and seek the best for one another, for love is from God, and everyone who loves others is born of God and knows God through personal experience. To start this out, let's, let's remember how God started out chapter 4 in verse 1, right? Look right back. What does he say? He addresses the recipients of this letter with this same word, beloved. But then in verse 4, John makes a transition, and now he's addressing the, the readers of this letter as little children. So John is clearly showing his affection to the faithful in these churches by alternating how he's addressing them. Last week we talked about the significance of the term little children and what that should show us in our faith. And now John shifts back to beloved, a term that means favorite or worthy of love. How many of you guys know that you're the favorite of God? How many of you guys know that you're worthy of love? For a lot of people, that's a hard one. For a lot of Christians that have a history, maybe a history apart from God, sometimes it's hard for them to get to a point in their life where they feel worthy of love. But this term, beloved, it means, man, you're my favorite. And you are worthy of my love. So who in here is the favorite of God? Raise your hand. All of us, right? How can God have that many favorites? It's amazing. It's how much love he has for each one of us. See, not only here does John think of these people, and I'm going to extend that to us, right? Because, because John is speaking to them directly, but now John is speaking through the Holy Spirit to us. So John is thinking of them as his spiritual children, right? But also as dear friends and brothers and sisters in Christ. And I love this example. I love how, how this all comes together. Because how easy is it to think of somebody as, as our spiritual child, but to only keep that relationship within those boundaries. Okay, that, that person is somebody that I need to continue to spiritually parent or mentor. I need to continue to guide them. I, I need to be here so I can help them because they're, they're here. Or we can do the flip side of that. And we can think of somebody only as a brother and sister in Christ, right? Oh, they're my brother and sister in Christ, but not as a spiritual son or daughter or as a spiritual mother or father. See, when we're, we look to somebody and say, hey, I, I'm looking at them as a spiritual son or daughter or as my spiritual mother or father, there's there's an opportunity for teaching within that, right? And sometimes if we, we look at them as our brothers and sisters, there's, there's an opportunity for companionship, 
right? And togetherness, walking things through. And I think John is showing us here that, that this needs to exist all together, all at the same time. See, relationships are always dynamic, and God's plan is that we are always to be growing within our faith. John recognizes their growth as, the, as his beloved, all the while continuing to disciple them as his little children. Now, how might we use this example to better our relationships, right? We could, right? We definitely could. Um, continuing to help people grow, continuing to walk with people through the hard times, celebrating with them in their victory. See, beloved here, the way he's using beloved, it's, it's also a statement that has no middle ground, does it? John is making it clear here that he is specifically speaking to the community of believers. There's so much good stuff in, in 1 John. There's so much helpful wording in verse John that we can take out, we can take to the masses, we can take to those who are not believers yet. But, but in the context of this letter, and especially when it comes to here, John is specifically speaking to those who have remained true and in these churches. He's not speaking to those who have left, though they would benefit from this truth. He's not speaking to those who follow other religions, though the truth would set them free. Here in this passage, it's all about the beloved, the brothers and sisters who share a common faith in Jesus Christ. It is very much John saying, it's what you need to know, and I need to know that you actually know it, and by knowing it, you will be known through your actions. See, John is like any good pastor or teacher. He listens to the Holy Spirit and what the Holy Spirit says, and then he says it again, and he continues to say it until what is being said moves from hearing to knowing to actually knowing, actually knowing, and finally into application. See, I've heard of pastors who they have preached the exact same message, like word-for-word word message over and over, sometimes for months at a time. I heard of one pastor who, who preached the exact same message for 12 months, for a full year until he was released by the Holy Spirit. Why? Because it's what you need to know. And I need to know that you actually know it, and by knowing it, you will be known through your actions. It's too easy just to sit and listen and never move from listening to knowing. And then it's super easy to just kind of say, well, I kind of get it, but I don't actually get it. We've got to make that transition too. Then we have to apply it. And then we need to be known by those actions. And what do the recipients of this letter as well as every believer who has followed Christ need to know and put into application it's the rest of the verse flip that flip that side let us unselfishly love and seek the best for one another for love is from God and everyone who loves others is born of God and knows God through personal experience 
Love for our brothers and sisters comes from God. We are able to love one another because we are born of God. And being born of God has everything to do with our personal experience or personal relationship with God himself. Anybody believe that? Anybody disagree with that? Remember now, though, it's super important that we remember that that love and righteousness go hand in hand. They are inseparable. They have to be together. We are not to try to separate those within our faith. So the requirement by God is to pursue both love and righteousness. Man, pastor, you've just been talking about love all day, and I'm not quite there yet, but, but I think I can try that. Now you're throwing in, I've got to pursue righteousness as well? But it all goes together. We can be righteous because of the love of God. We are empowered because of the love of God. The love of God shows the righteousness of God. See, they cannot be separated, so stop trying to segregate one or the other and really just submerge yourself into the presence of Jesus because he is our greatest and our only example we are to follow here There's a lot of people out there that that want us to follow them, right? There's only one that we are to truly follow, one that we have an example of. Look at the Gospels, read the red words. Those are Jesus' words. That's the example that we are to follow. See, these things, these love things, this display of love, it's not a virtue that's inherent within us. Nor is it anything that we can simply learn to do, but rather it's from God and we are able to experience and extend these things when we humbly submit and we seek God. So if you're sitting in here today thinking, that's all fine and good, but I can't love this person. Or I can't follow that person because they don't know. Pastor doesn't know what that person has done to me in the past. So he's just speaking something that he doesn't truly understand because I could never go down that road of love with that person. I'm going to agree with you on that. 100% I'm going to agree with you. You're right. You can't. On your own, you absolutely can't. So your first step is to evaluate your personal experience, your connection, your relationship with God. Now why am I stressing this so much? It's what you need to know. And I need you to know that you actually know it. And by knowing it, you will be known through your actions. What actions are you known by? What actions are you known through? Is it love? Is it God's Love. Think about it. Evaluate it. Ask God to reveal it to you. So here's the takeaway. Whoever truly loves his brother and sister is not only born of God, but also knows God. There's a lot of people out there that talk about knowing God. Do they truly know God? Are they truly born of God? And what is the example of that within their life? Are they portraying love? 
or are they not? All right, let's move on to verse 8. The one who does not love has not become acquainted with God, does not and never did know him, for God is love. He is the originator of love, and it is an enduring attribute of his nature. See, that's why I chose the Amplified. It's so good. Everybody say, on the other hand. Because verse 8 is the contrast of verse 7. Why do we need to know this? Well, we need to know this simply because we're sheep. And we need to have things blatantly pointed out to us in order for there not to be confusion, misinterpretation, or ignorance. When you think of yourself as a sheep, how many of you guys think of that picture? You're going to now, right? This is blatant here. This is so blatant here. If you don't love, you don't know God at all. Period. We could end there. But 1 John 1.5, it says that God is light. 1 John 2.29, it says that God is righteous. 1 John 4.8 now says that God is love. If you don't know God, then you don't have light. Therefore, you live in darkness. If you don't know God, you cannot be righteous. Therefore, you are corrupt, you're immoral, you're unjust, you're dishonest, you're vulgar. You get the picture, right? And now, if you don't know God, you don't know or have love. We're talking beautiful, agape, eternal, powerful, compassionate, sacrificial love. Somebody this morning before service when we were in the nursery, they were, they were praying and they were talking about God's power, the powerful component of God. Let your power come. And all that was going through my mind was God showing me that the power of God is absolutely the love of God, right? When we talk about, oh man, God, send your power. What we're really saying is, God, send your powerful love. Yeah. A love that is so complete that it's not to be understood as one of God's activities, but as the basis of all of God's activities, right? So it's not like God does this and it's based in love and then he does something else and it's based in righteousness and he does something else and it's based in his compassion and he does something else and it's based in his um, justice. All of it is based in God's love. See, if God creates, he creates in love. We look at the creation story, right? Seven days, six days, rested on the seventh. God created all these things and we're amazed. We think it's great. And then we go to public school and they tell us that never happened. But then we get wisdom and we understand that only God could have done these things. So, but, but when God created all these things, it was created in love. Love for mankind, love for each one of us. But love because... It's God's nature to love. If God speaks, he speaks in love, right? Man, there's sometimes, I'll admit it, 
God speaks to me and it's not really what I want to hear. Anybody there? No, 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 I prayed that because I was supposed to. You weren't really supposed to answer that one. And you especially weren't supposed to answer it in that way because that's not the way I wanted it answered. You guys have these conversations with God or am I the only one? See, being real with God is a great place to be. But if God speaks, and God speaks all the time, God is speaking in love. And if he's speaking in love, that means he loves us. And if he loves us, then that means he wants the best for us. So when God speaks to us, it's because he wants the best for us. When the Holy Spirit comes in and convicts us, because he wants the best for us. If God leads, did you know God leads in love? God's leading you to do something, to say something, to do anything. It's because he's leading in love. If God promises, it's a promise based in love, right? God promises promises us all sorts of things. Look in the Bible. Look at all the promises that are listed in the Bible. Those are all promises based in love. If God answers, he always answers in love. That one can trip us up a little bit. Because when our agenda gets a little too big, when our wants and our desires get a little bit too big. We're blinded by the things that we want when God comes and answers those things. We have to understand that those answers are based in love. Whether we like them or not, God cannot answer in any other way. It has to be answered in love because love is God's nature. So if you're praying about something and you feel like you're getting an answer, but it's not necessarily the answer you want, so you keep praying. You don't keep keep don't get in the prayer the, the or the answer that, that that you want. You need to step back a little bit. Because we understand when God answers, it's always based in love. If God judges, he judges in love. There's a lot of things in the Old Testament where you look at it and it's like, oh my gosh, what is going on here? How could, that's the big question from non-believers, right? How could a loving God do this? Well, he can do this because his nature is love and everything that he does is in love. So if God judges Old Testament stuff, it's, it's in the nature of his love. When we start to think about things and filter things through his love, it changes the story, right? If God convicts, he convicts in love. And that's a hard one because, man, I would say if we are in a position within our faith where we're listening for God and we're... We're truly desiring that we'll hear from God that we are going to be convicted by the Holy Spirit multiple times during the day, right? Conviction shouldn't just come on a Sunday morning. Oh my gosh, he's winding up his message. Now he's going to say some things and my stomach's going to start turning and things like that. That's definitely conviction. But if you're only feeling conviction on a Sunday morning, you need to open up your ears and you need to listen because God loves us so much that he convicts us. Hey, don't go there. 
Hey, don't say that. Hey, why didn't you do this? Those are just nudges by the Holy Spirit convicting us, saying, maybe I need to listen more. Maybe I need to receive what God is saying. Maybe I need to understand these things because I know the nature of God is love and that God loves me. I am his beloved. So everything that God is imparting to me, even if it's through that terrible conviction stuff, it's because God loves me so much that he wants to protect me. He wants to help me. He wants to move me. So if God is convicting you, understand that he only convicts in love. That's very different than man, isn't it? Man doesn't convict us, man condemns us. And condemnation is not of love, is it? Therefore, there is now no more condemnation in Christ Jesus. Love, right? So if you're feeling condemned, that's not of God. But if you're feeling convicted, that is of the Holy Spirit. Act upon those convictions. Now here's the best one of all. This one, I saved it till the last because you guys are going to love this one. If God disciplines, he disciplines in love. Anybody ever been disciplined by God? (laughs) Today? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. God loves us so much. It's like he's standing up there going, man, this is going to hurt me a lot more than it hurts you. And do you know why it hurts him more than it's ever going to hurt you? Because he sent his only begotten son to die upon the cross. The father had to watch his son die upon the cross so that his love could be extended to you and that you could have a relationship with him so that he can begin to impart that love to us. So if God disciplines you, as hard as that is, how terrible it is to walk through, understand that he is disciplining us in love. How beautiful is that? I mean, really. When we take the love perspective, this perspective of everything changes. The perspective of the Word of God changes when we see it through the love of God. And the love is His nature, but also remember love and righteousness. They can never be separated. And it's that love, not the world's love, the true love of God that we can only begin to comprehend in Him, by Him, and through Him. See, we can separate our mind from our heart, right? We can separate our intellect from our spirit, right? And we can say, oh, I really want to study this love stuff. So we can study the theory of love. We can even study the theory of biblical love, the theory of God's love. We shouldn't do that. Well, we should do that. But we should never just leave it there. We have to connect our brain and our heart because we need to love within the one, the only one who enables us to truly exist in that love. The theory of love does not mean that we are living within that love. Do you believe in God? I believe that there's an existence of a higher being. Well, that's not believing in God. Do you have a relationship with God? Well, I go to church every Sunday morning, but that's not truly having a relationship with God. God. See, there's the theory component and the application component. 
We can never leave it at the theory component because it's the application where we actually inter, interact with God. Does that all make sense? Yeah. All that God does is, is the expression of his nature. It is who he is. Therefore, our failure to love can only mean that we don't truly know God, that we, that we don't truly have a relationship with God. Oh my goodness, that's a flat out black and white standard, isn't it? So what you're saying is, is if I don't love one another, if I don't love the brothers and sisters, you're saying that I don't truly know God? No, I'm just repeating what God, what John is saying. John, the apostle, inspired by the Holy Spirit to write these things, something that we have to think about. So in other words, we have not genuinely and legitimately been born again if we do not love one another. So we cannot do and we do not have those things that are within the nature of God. And that's love. It's hard stuff. It's hardcore. It's like, oh, First John, it's a book of love. There's a lot of love in there. There is, but it's the truth of love and the truth of love is hard. It draws a standard. Now look at verse 9. Verse 9 says this, By this the love of God was displayed in us, in that God has sent His one and only begotten Son, the one who is truly unique, the only one of His kind, into the world so that we might live together through Him. This is the simple and profound promise of the Father. God is love displayed right there, affirmed and explained by what God did. I can't comprehend the love of God. You comprehend the love of God through the sacrifice of the cross. He showed us what love is. He clearly showed us what love is. It's concrete and it's an objective action. The love of God focuses upon the sacrifice, upon the cross. See, God's love required the Father to send the Son. It required it because He loves us so much. God's love in us requires actions as well by which we show our love which is the extension of his love to one another. Are you displaying the love that is within you by loving those that are around you? Are you? I think this church does a, a pretty, pretty good job at that. I really do. But you know what? There's always room for improvement. Sometimes we can get so focused on loving one another. Oh, we love. This building, there's a whole lot of love in this building. There's a whole lot of love going on between the brothers and sisters in this building. We get stingy and selfish with that love, right? This is the building, man. When I walk in here, I truly feel loved by God. Praise the Lord and amen. But are we trying to keep God's love within the, the walls of this sanctuary? We shouldn't be. Our love should be so great. Our love should be so intense that it just spills over. It just spills over. I love it when, when uh, this time of year comes and we got all these snowbanks, 
right? And it's people all above, higher than this church. Man, they've got all their snow. And when the sun comes out and the temperature rises, all the water starts melting, or the snow starts melting, and the water all comes down into that upper parking lot. I mean, it's like we had to dig a little trench to release that water, right? See, we can't be like that parking lot and try to stop up all that water. Put a trench in your life that the love of God in your life filters down and goes every... Man, you should walk in Walmart and leave wet prints because there's so much love overflowing from you, right? People should be like, man, what is that? Well, that's the love of God. We're supposed to be known by the love of God, right? People are supposed to look at us and be like, man, there's something different about that person. That person's just exuding love. Man, we're going to exude something. We're going to leave footprints of something. Is it hopelessness? Is it unforgiveness? Is it hate? Is it insecurity? Or is it love? God's love. See, only, only a true believer, a disciple, a, a, a honest to goodness, born-again Christian, has the ability to walk into places and just leave that love. Is there something keeping you from that? I don't know. You've got to evaluate that. Is it easy all the time? Absolutely not. Because there are certain circumstances where you just want to... Mm, Mm. But we can swing to the other side and just be like like the flower hippie and just be like, oh, love, 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 while we're leaving out the righteousness of God. See, the righteousness of God keeps us grounded in the true love of God and keeps us from perverting the true love of God into something that it absolutely isn't. So we got this balance going on in our lives and we're walking around town exuding love. Sometimes we don't have to speak. And sometimes God prompts us to speak, even though we, we can bargain with him. Okay, Lord, I'll go pray with her if she's on the left side of the counter. Well, she's always going to be on the left side of the counter because God wants that to happen. Love. God's love isn't something we pray about. Well, okay, God, if you really want me to love that person, then, then you need to give me the ability and the, and the, the boldness. He already did. It's called the cross. He gave you those things. Now, as followers of Christ and believers gathered together in what we call the church, it's our day to love. So much has failed us in this world over the last decades, but especially the last two years. So much has changed. And God is saying, but now is the time. Now is the time. Right now is the time to exude your love within one another and let it spill over to everyone else. Because after all, it's God's love. And there's enough of God's love to always go around. See, the cross, the sacrifice, the sending of Jesus, it's the purpose and really sums up the intensity of God's love to the point of a father sending his son to die so that mankind might live through him. And it all comes back to the fall, right? I go back to this a lot because we've got to go back to a lot. It goes back to the Garden of Eden. See, death 
is humanity's current condition. Why does the world act like it does? Because it exists in death. That's the only condition that they know. It is the only option for men and women who exist upon their own. They will not only experience eternal death, they are actually currently spiritually dead. But everything changes with the cross. Because the Father sent the Son, and because the Son sacrificed for you and me and everybody that is out there. Taking our sins and death upon himself. We don't have it anymore, right? We don't have it. You don't have death. It's not your current condition anymore. Because you have been redeemed. His love and his life has come into you. God's love is displayed in that he wants us to live through him. Actually to live, to live in abundance, to live in his love. See, the act of the Father sending His Son and the Son sacrificing Himself on the cross, it's not just for our salvation. It's also for our living. Christ, some of you guys are saved, but you sure act like you're not. Living, right? Oh, I'm good with God. Oh, poor me, poor me, poor me. Well, I couldn't do that. Well, I need to, to, to hide myself. I need to contain myself. That's not living. That's not living an abundant life for God. See, living in His love so that His love is seen positively alive in us and actively working through us. Is it that simple? Can we just... Love, the true nature of love. Remember, love and righteousness, we don't separate so that we don't, we don't condone certain things that, that go against God or go against Scripture. I'm not saying that. You don't, you don't love those things. You don't love their sin, but you love that person. Exuding that love, could that love actually make a difference within our community? Do you guys think it could? Boy, I see a community that is hungry that is starving, that is literally dying, and what they need is a touch of God's love. Do me a favor this morning, okay? This is an easy one. This is the easiest favor I'm going to ask you this morning. When you leave here today, while you are walking out of this building, you're going to pass 30 baskets to pregnant moms. Moms and dads are going to be receiving these baskets Will you just ask God as you walk? Everybody in here, every single person, God, let there be an opportunity to show God's love through these baskets. Not just because there's baby soap and diapers in them. That might make them feel like, oh, we got this, somebody must have cared. But I'm not talking about that, I'm talking about true love. Ask for an opportunity that we may have a conversation. Our information is in there. That they may call, that they may show up on a Sunday morning, and that we may overwhelm them with the love of God. Can you do that for me? How easy is that, worship team? If you guys want to come up here. It's all about love today. Pull the lights down again. 
I can't get away from this. God has been speaking to me about this altar. Eight feet from this edge, there's, there's just this spot. I'm going to once again encourage you and open up this altar. It's not, don't make the mistake that only messed up people come to the altar. That's a lie from Satan himself. The altar is a place where we can come up and simply bask in the love of God. So if you need any basking, if you just need to submerge yourself in the love of God, the altars are going to be open. If you're sitting here today saying, man, all that love stuff is really good, but I don't even know if I can comprehend that. I don't know because of things, how I grew up, anything like that. I don't even know if I know what love is. Come to the altar this morning. If you're sitting here thinking, but God, how could God truly love me in the way the pastor's talking about? He knows what I did. He knows the kind of person I was. Come to the altar and bask within that love this morning. You just come this morning and you get here. You pray with one another. You encourage one another. Isn't that what this is all about? It's receiving God's love. And it's giving it out to each other. Don't let fear keep you in your seat. The reality is every single person in this sanctuary needs a touch of God's love this morning. Whether you're doing great or you're doing terrible, you all need it. So what would keep you from grabbing hold this morning. I don't know. That's something within you. But what I'm saying is there is an invitation. Can God touch you in your seat? Absolutely. But I believe that God is taking this church in a direction where we need to get away from fear and grab hold of his obedience, reality. What if what if Jesus in bodily form walked in and was standing right here this morning. How many of you guys would sit in your seat and say, I'm close enough? I'm close. I don't need to get any closer. Yeah, that's Jesus. I could touch him. I could see the holes in his hands. But I'm good in my seat. I don't want to guilt anybody here. I don't want to make this emotional. What I'm telling you is, is man, God is calling us. Holy Spirit wants to interact with us. So as we, what song are we doing? How he loves, I figure. As we go through this song, listen to the words. But don't just listen, act. I say it. I need you to know it. I need you to apply it. And then I need to know that you're applying it through your actions. Come get filled up. Come get filled up. Come to the altar. Father, Lord God, help us to dig deeper, to jump in deeper, to have more of your love this morning. Lord God, we just want your love. Man, the world tries to suck it out of us. It tries to pull it out of us. But Lord, it is your love that makes things different. So Lord God, help us to flock to your love. Jesus, be glorified. Father, we thank you so much. And Holy Spirit, convene with us this morning. God, God is saying right now that you're, you're released from your past. That the self-condemnation that some of you guys are holding on to is not of Him. And you have been released from that. So, so let it go. Let it go. For others, the amount 
that you are receiving this morning is, is not for you. It's coming through you as a conduit, but that which God is imparting to some of you right now is not meant for you. So testify to it and release that love to those that are around you. God wants to, to move in this community in such a way that people are drawn to the true gospel, the gospel of love. Not all the false theologies that are happening in this town right now, but to the true gospel. It is the gospel message of love. It is the same love that empowered the apostles in the book of Acts to boldly go out to speak the things they did in the face of death, punishment, imprisonment. God is moving us into that same realm. So take what you received today and no longer judge yourself by your past. Take what God has given you today, apply it, live it out, and begin to pass it around. Love those that are around you. Maybe that's within your own family. Maybe that's your neighbors. Maybe that's your coworkers. Maybe that's strangers. But we are to be abundantly full of love. Passing it around. And that is what brings hope to a hopeless world. That is what brings love to a loveless world. Amen? Amen. Take it. Stay. Gentle, keep singing as long as she needs. Keep receiving what God has for each and every one of you. This concludes today's message. We hope you can join us next Sunday for services beginning at 10 o'clock a.m. at Bridge Assembly located at 725 Granite Avenue in Helena, Montana. For more information about Bridge Assembly, go to bridgehelena.com. And we hope you can join us next Sunday with Pastor Jason Metz.